This is Tonkabon episode 64. This week we'll be going over Pokemon Adventures volumes 2 and 3. My name is Cole Greco and joining me as usual is my co-host Jude Knoll. Jude, how's it going? Good. And um, honestly, I feel like this series really improves after volume 1. Like both of these were so sick and mm-hmm. I'll get into it a little bit more later. But I do feel like they it strays a bit more from like the pokemon red and blue plot that we're a bit more familiar with oh absolutely yeah things get things get kind of crazy towards the the end of it especially but yeah yeah definitely in these two volumes they just uh kind of did whatever they wanted with the story (laughs) (laughs) and and it was a good decision to let them do that too Mm because amato and um whatever his name is uh hidanori just yeah, they're a great team. Yep, yep, I agree. Yeah, but yeah, excited to to get into these. I thought these volumes were uh, particularly good also. Yeah, so um, mind if I just get started on volume two? Let's do it. All right, so in uh, chapter 15, things kick off when Red's Bulbasaur evolves into an Ivysaur after defeating a Primeape. Uh, he then gets scammed out of 6,000 Pokey coins by a girl who sells him a collection of bogus items. Later, Red video chats with Oak, who tells him that Charmander has also evolved into Charmeleon, but he has no idea what's become of Squirtle because it was stolen from his lab. Leaving the center, Red catches the girl, who we find out is named Green, and chases after her and her war turtle. He manages to beat her and take his money back, but later founds out that she swiped uh, his two gym badges in the process. Any notes on 15? Uh, nothing really. My one thing is that I, <laughs> I like, forgot how much... Um, happens over the course of these two volumes <laughs> yeah it's like, crazy um but i guess my my one note is when did did we ever actually see red get the second badge from misty because remember we talked about it a little bit last maybe, episode but i don't i don't remember actually like them showing that it may have been just like one panel that mm. we both mm-hmm. kind of forgot about but yeah it may have just like kind of been implied that it happened mm-hmm. um I really like Green as a character. I think she's probably my favorite part of both of these volumes. Yeah, yeah. I think she's the she's the best of the you know the the, the trio we have. And I also like you know as the series sort of progresses, we see them trying to visualize all of these game mechanics, mm-hmm. and I do like the image of Pikachu like actually putting on these in-game <laughs> items, which is something you n- don't see in the Pokemon anime at all. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if they really like outside of like a berry. They never yeah. really use like items mm-hmm. in the series. And here we've got him like wearing like a headband mm-hmm. <laughs> and some armor. And we even see something like a it was like a HP up or something like that. And yep. yeah, that's just that's sick. Yeah, yeah, I wish we saw more of that because you know, items are such a big part of the game and of like the card game. Like you're always like, you know, equipping your Pokemon with like whatever, the choice band or, you know, stuff like that. So yeah, I wish we like saw more of that in you know, in the other Pokemon media when it's like, you know, oh, this Pokemon's got the choice scarf on, so now it's super fast, but it only uses one attack. Like, that that would be, like, a cool... You can have some, like, fun story and, like, battle things with that, I think. Yeah, you, you get so much more of this in the manga than you do in the anime, mm-hmm. which is kind of a shame. Yeah. I kind of doubt it, but it would be nice to see in this uh, new iteration of the Pokemon anime some more, like, you know, strategy and... Mm-hmm. in-game mechanics actually being reflected but yeah. i really doubt that yeah I'd, I'd be uh i'd be surprised but you know we can we can cross our fingers <laughs> in uh, chapter 16 we find out that the team rocket grunts are searching for green uh, meanwhile red sneaks in their base disguised as a grunt himself and sees that the team is growing a mewtwo in their lab to finish him they need more mew cells or this disc that green apparently stole from them uh, the grunts end up finding her, and she and a now disguised re- or undisguised red and a ditto manage to beat them and escape on Green's flying Jigglypuff. However, Team Rocket does manage to steal the disc back in the process. Any thoughts on sixteen? Uh, I think this chapter just further 
kind of does the thing that I love about this series, which is that, like, people just have random Pokemon. Like, Green is out here, yeah. like, you know, two of her, like, her key Pokemon are a Ditto and a Jigglypuff. Like, that's, that is super <laughs> sick that, you know, because, like, when you play the game, you're never using Ditto or Jigglypuff, right? Like, yeah. you're using, like, your starter, a couple of the other, you know, you're using the bird, some of the other cool Pokemon, and, like, you know, whatever, like, pseudo-legendary that region has, probably. Um, yeah. You know, and here they're out here with, yeah, Jigglypuff. We later see, like, uh, Clefairy and stuff. Like, just love using these kind of, like, weird Pokemon. I feel like Green is supposed to be the, like, last trainer archetype because those are the people you see using Clefairy and Jigglypuff in the actual games. Uh-huh. And she's kind of designed similarly. So that's my my fan theory is that, uh, like, she's a, a last trainer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, Red and Blue are obviously after, like, the, the protagonist and the... um like the rival in the gen one games but she doesn't really have a a a person so yeah that makes sense i like how the the plot really made a huge leap from the last chapter to this one though because it's just like all of a sudden for some reason red has like broken into the team rocket base (laughs) just to like find out what's going on Mm -hmm. All right, so in uh, chapter 17, Red and Green sneak back into the rocket base, and Green reveals that the disc Team Rocket stole back from her was actually a fake that she created, and she tells Red that she's after Mew in order to like make money off of the fame that comes from discovering a new Pokemon species. They use special goggles to track Mew down, and end up finding it pretty much at the same time as Team Rocket. Both uh, groups fight for their right to catch Mew, but Mew uses an attack to knock all of Team Rocket out and disappear, but not before Green uh, gets a photo of it. And um, yeah, this one was a really, really fun chapter too. I love mm-hmm. the way that Mew's drawn. He's like so shiny looking. Yeah, that was like gleaming head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and uh, Jinx is just a particularly terrifying Pokemon. Who, whoever designed that <laughs> thing, like man, I hope they were fired immediately. That is just a horrific <laughs> design. <laughs> I love but, how big Mew's feet are. I don't <laughs> remember if they were they looked like that in the games, but man, he looks freaky. Yeah, Mew does not look like that now. Yeah, with like the tiny arms, just gigantic feet. Yeah. <laughs> I do like Mewtwo's just like in this bath of, you know, goo or whatever, and its body is like dissolving or like, I guess like forming together. Uh, Real, yeah. You know, they did a good job of, uh, with, with Mewtwo, I feel like. And I do appreciate yet like another game item slash mechanic being revealed because I feel like. The uh, goggles that Green uses are supposed to be like the sylph scope from the games. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that lets you see like the, the ghost Pokemon or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They it definitely also... like changed it a little bit, but that's kind of how I imagined it. Mm-hmm. It also looks a little bit like the EXP share item from the... Uh, oh, true. From I don't know. I don't remember what it looks like in the games, but in the card game, it's a, it's a pretty common card right now. So you see it a lot. It looks looks very similar. Yeah, I remember, I think in Fire, like the Fire Red Leaf Green games later, it Mm -hmm. looks very similar to that. Okay, so then, yeah. Funny. Um, Yeah. In uh, Chapter 18, a blue, Red catches up with Blue, who just cashed in like a huge stack of Game Corner coins to buy a Pokemon, or a Porygon, but he's struggling to train it. The two accidentally swap their Pokemon collections after bumping into each other and spend the chapter training each other's teams before they trade back. While they're apart, Red evolves Blue's Machoke into a Machamp and also catches him a Ninetales, which he will not give back to Red. 
this chapter is really fun mm-hmm. and i loved the image of blue like walking through the game corner with just this like <laughs> giant thing of Chuck E. cheese tokens yep yeah this chapter was awesome wish they had uh like shown how much of a pain it is to actually get all those coins at the game corner without just like grinding money and buying them outright because man it is a nightmare to get that that porygon of the jatini from from the game corner uh but yeah this chapter is sick um love all the ones of blue like training training up red's pokemon and like at the end he's riding the bike and they're like just cruising after him also a good panel in the middle where red tries to get charmeleon to attack and it's just like this super goofy looking like totally flat image of the charmeleon he's yes. like not responding at all <laughs> Um, I actually really like these filler chapters in the Pokemon manga. Usually I'm like, you know, let's get things moving, but mm-hmm. these are really fun and it's always cool to see like, you know, people, how they interact with a different team of mm-hmm. Pokemon. I love that Blue is like having them run suicide laps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and this, this chapter isn't quite that but i always i've always wanted like a pokemon just slice of life like mini series or something like that just like yeah you know what do people that don't you know everyone in the pokemon universe is totally obsessed with this one sport of battling pokemon but like what do the people that don't do that do like you know there's like coming home hanging out with their whatever metapod that's <laughs> just chilling like yeah you know what's it like for them or like you know someone's just like going the track practice and they've got their like their do duo that's hanging out with them you know stuff like that i feel like would be yeah. super cool and i feel like this you know some of the the fillery chapters of this series are 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 kind of along those lines of what i'm what i'm wanting yeah it took like 20 years from them to commission those pokey tunes on youtube mm-hmm. and i feel like we could just turn that into like a whole series yeah pokemon definitely has the money to do it mm-hmm yeah, and some of those are some of those are really good too. In uh, chapter nineteen, uh, in Celadon City, Red meets Erica, who won't challenge him to a gym battle unless he can prove himself by catching a rare Eevee. After searching, he and Bill manage to track one down. However, this is a special Eevee, which is a challenge for them to fight, as it's been modded with a device that allows it to change between all three of its evolutions at will. Uh, Red manages to catch it and heads to the fight to battle Erica. This one's pretty interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The the EV changing forms is is pretty cool because I feel like that's always what you want out of the EV. Like you get your one in the game, and it's like, okay, I have to choose which kind of crappy evolution I want. But you know, if it could actually yep. switch to all of them, that'd be pretty sick. That's what they should have done for the Let's Go Eevee game. Instead, it just can't evolve and it learns like all these good moves, but it's pretty lame to just sit there with just your Eevee. Yeah. But if it could evolve at will. Sounds like you're starting to think like Team Rocket now. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, I'd, I'd totally be down with Team Rocket. Let's experiment on these Pokemon. I also really like Bill's character design. I think he's one of my favorite, like, just purely visual characters in mm-hmm. the Motto Pokemon universe. He kind of looks like an Eevee. He's got the same, like, nose and mouth as yep. the Eevee <laughs> character. And his hair, like, his, even his head's shaped like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Also, good good panel here of, uh, what is it, the the drowsy has been just like cut up with uh like the razor leaf or something like that there's yeah. a lot of like <laughs> gnarly panels of pokemon get, getting maimed also some more like fun um references to pokemon game mechanics but here we actually have a reference to the pokemon trading card game because as um Eevee is changing types bill's like holding up this mm. weird machine that shows like the energy card mm-hmm. uh logos so yep. you got like the got like the teardrop for water the flame for fire mm-hmm. etc which is pretty cool yeah yeah that is sick i didn't notice that that's awesome um, in chapter 20, Red shows up to the Celadon gym and accuses Erica of modding out the Eevee and battles her out of anger, not for the badge. Erica doesn't deny this, and the two duke it out. 
After Pikachu manages to escape Vileplume's pedal dance attack by using Substitute, Erica reveals that the Eevee actually originally belonged to Team Rocket and that she and her like gym members rescued it a while back. Erica, Misty, and Brock are all allied in the battle against Team Rocket, and she was testing Red to see if he was worthy to join her cause. Red accepts and then uh, keeps on moving with his journey. Yeah, this is this is where like the story starts to get crazy mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. really like really starts to like move away from the traditional red blue plot line, mm-hmm. which is sick. I love this. Yeah, yeah. Like there are gym leaders in the games that are like have kind of a sinister vibe, but I don't think any of them are like villains. And here, like yeah. you know, whatever, half the gyms are 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 bad guys <laughs> yeah exactly and i also appreciate too like before we saw brock having them battle inside of uh like wrestling or boxing ring and we sort of have the return of the ring here except mm-hmm. it's more just like a flat surface yep yeah also like the panel of pikachu using the like the substitute to get out of the the pedal dance that one looks pretty cool he's just like breaking out of this like shell (laughs) yeah the battles here are really interesting they feel more more like a battle anime or manga than Mm -hmm. they do in the pokemon anime which is cool yeah they're a lot more strategic too Mm -hmm. it's not just like oh this type is better than the other type like it feels more like how it may actually play out were this to happen in real life Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and it's not just like you know dragon ball z kamehameha's like you know blasting against each other like let's see who's is the strongest one wins out kind of deal like yeah like you said there's a little more strategy to it and uh here we have like a sort of two-part filler arc i'll just uh read the summaries of both chapters back to back and then we can talk about them together but this is a jurassic park themed uh two chapter filler arc where red gets lost in the safari zone and captures a nita queen after accidentally angering a couple of giant nita king with the help of a robotic pidgeot he goes on the run from these two beasts but is attacked by a victory bell in the next chapter he narrowly escapes being eaten by a whole family of Bellsprout, Weepin' Bell, and Victory Bell by using his Pokey Flute and Pokey Doll items. The flute, however, lured the Nita King into the area and Red tricks it into attacking the Weepin' Bell, which he captures and then uses to battle uh, Nita King. By the time he finds the exit and is reunited with Pikachu, he has pretty much captured like the majority of the Pokemon in the Safari Zone. These two were pretty fun as well, and mm-hmm. I appreciated all of the Jurassic Park homages. Yep. I love even kind of the the way they implemented the like actual Safari Zone rules in it, where you know you can't bring your Pokemon; you have to use their Safari's Safari balls. Like you know, you're using rocks to sort of like fight the Pokemon to catch them. I thought that was pretty cool. I don't remember where like Victory Bell sort of falls in the Kanto Pokemon meta like mm-hmm. tier list, but. Man, Victory Bell seems like a beast in the manga universe. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, he's a monster. <laughs> he's out here, like, just eating humans whole, mm-hmm. like, out here taking down these other giant Pokemon. Yep. It's, <laughs> he's pretty terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Victory Bell is a a pretty sick Pokemon, too. And there's, there's one panel where it, like, stabs into, is this supposed to be, like, a... Ratata or something like that. He like stabs into so. a Pokemon and like drains it. It's pretty. Yeah, there's <laughs> some intense panels in this man. <laughs> yeah, it only gets darker from here too. Mm-hmm. That's what's so crazy about it. Yep. <laughs> but this is a fun chapter, and in the in the second chapter, there's a lot of cool like chibi illustrations, especially like on the past last couple of pages that are mm-hmm. pretty cool. Yep. Uh, in, in chapter 23, we catch up with Red and a man who unbeknownst to him is Giovanni after they've been fossil hunting outside of Pewter City. They take the fossils to the Pewter Museum, which just so happens to be a blaze set on fire by two magmar. Red uses a sand shrew and a snorlax to put out the fire without hurting the magmar, which Giovanni finds weak and annoying. As Red leaves, he freezes the magmar with his cloister and absolutely obliterates their icy corpses. 
believing that such a compassionate kid is no threat to Team Rocket. Another really cool chapter, and I mm-hmm. love the way that Giovanni looks when <laughs> he he's like ridiculous. disguising himself as a normal dude. Uh-huh. <laughs> he's got his hands in his like jacket pockets at all times. Mm-hmm. Basically, just like his face is just like three lines, <laughs> just like two little closed eyes and a smile. Yep, he's drawn so much more plainly than everyone else. He looks like a character from like a, a Tezuka manga or something like that. Just like so <laughs> <Exactly>. bare bones. <laughs> looks hilarious. But man, this is a brutal like final few pages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like completely crushing the the magmars. <laughs> yeah, that's that's another cool thing about this manga is like the Pokemon just don't like faint. Like they kill Pokemon. Yeah, they just straight up kill them. <laughs> And, and like, they show this later, too, but the stakes of, like, winning or losing a Pokemon battle actually feel more real. Because in the games, like, you're in a boss battle and you, like, lose mm-hmm. and you just, like, restart again. It's like, you know, like, why does it really matter if I win or lose these battles? Yeah. Like, but in in the manga, it really shows, like, you know, if you lose to one of these, like, Team Rocket grunts or whatever, they will, like, they will kill you if you lose. <laughs> yep, yeah, they'll kill you and your Pokemon. <laughs> in uh chapter 24 on the shores of route 19 red battles a dragonite guarding an hm surf hidden deep beneath the sea while diving he gets trapped beneath a boulder uh, as he's struggling a gyarados emerges to fight the dragonite and a mermaid who turns out to be misty rescues him gyarados uses hyper beam to finish off the dragonite once and for all but the hm ends up being destroyed in the process some really cool Any thoughts uh, on this one. Really cool fight panels in here. This one of uh, Snorlax like in the air, kind of tackling the Dragonite is really fun. Um, I, I like the that they still kind of kept HMs in here. Very glad those <laughs> yeah. aren't in the games anymore, though. Man, it just brings back to what a pain in the ass it was to to use those those HMs. Yeah, yeah, I agree. This was a fun chapter. Mm-hmm. Not like a whole lot to say about it, but it was it was sick. Yeah. Weird, weird panels of, of Misty like coming to save him with the Gyarados though she's just like <laughs> yeah. dressed as a mermaid which I guess that's supposed to be like yeah, his was... you know his fading his fading mind what he's seeing but yeah. <laughs> hilarious in chapter 25 Misty offers to let Red use Gyarados in order to find the Seafoam Islands which are rumored to be the home of Articuno just as he reaches the legendary Pokemon, he's attacked by Team Rocket, who use their muck to try to take back their Gyarados. The Articuno first freezes itself out of fear, then flies away, but not before saving Gyarados from muck with an ice blast. Ultimately, though, Articuno gets away and Team Rocket give chase. That was a pretty cool battle. I mm-hmm. I love Muck. Cool to see him make an appearance. Yeah, all the poison Pokemon in this uh, series are pretty crazy. Like, Muck is just this giant slime thing that's gonna like bury everyone in 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 Muck. <laughs> and, yeah, <laughs> and like uh, you know, we saw the Arbok in the last volume, just like destroying staircases and stuff with like acid. The Pokemon, the the poison Pokemon in uh, Pokemon Adventures, just OP. Need to be nerfed. The final panel in here is really funny too, because mm-hmm. every other Pokemon is drawn this like normal style, and then Snorlax just looks like a child drew it. it like looks he so totally bad. doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't really fit into this panel at all. Yep. They Even definitely that- like ran out of time and the mm-hmm. editor was like looking over their shoulder as they were just like scribbling the last <laughs> drawing. Yep. Honestly, even that whole page, like Snorlax in the panel above it, looks so amateurish. Yeah. <laughs> Polyrath too. Polyrath looks pretty pretty ridiculous also. Yeah, somehow somehow it works though. Like Mata's mm-hmm. like a really skilled artist, but even when she's like phoning it in, which I think once we get to, like, gold and silver, you'll really start to see her, like, as she's losing her, like, motivation mm-hmm. or about to quit. Because mm-hmm. she, like, really starts phoning it in near the end, <laughs> but it still looks good somehow. Like, yeah. she makes it work. 
Um, in chapter 26 on Cinnabar Island, Team Rocket hunt for Blaine and his research materials. When Red arrives on the island, he sees Blaine and the Rockets battling and sends Gyarados out to help Blaine escape. Blaine then tells Red about his backstory, that he used to be in Team Rocket, but he can't really finish before they're attacked again, this time by a Moltres, which Team Rocket has managed to capture. Blaine has Red take his old Amber out into his lab and put it into a machine that revives the Aerodactyl dormant inside. Just before Team Rocket can kill Blaine, Red and Aerodactyl show up to rescue him. Meanwhile, Giovanni gets word that Team Rocket has managed to capture every every, uh, legendary bird. Things getting totally real here and kind of like the start of this final battle with Team Rocket arc. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like the... uh... <clears throat> like the aerodactyl uh like entrance and stuff that's pretty fun i do think the legendary birds are a little a little lame in this this manga at least so far yeah i was never like the biggest fan of them in general like mm-hmm. even in the games though yeah yeah that's fair yeah like it and <laughs> this did show me too like even just design wise how how lame moltres is it just looks like a chicken yeah. with like <laughs> flaming wings. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Aerodactyl looks really dopey in this chapter too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It, well, and it comes out of the the machine with just like this slime all over, it, and then the next panel just looks ridiculous. <laughs> it's just got this like plain yeah. <laughs> look on its face. Yeah, he looks like a, like a Barney character or mm-hmm. something, like totally unintimidating <laughs> compared to like how he looks in every other Pokemon media. Yep. Mm-hmm. And finally, in chapter 27, Green and Blue are trapped outside of Saffron City due to the massive force field around the town. Meanwhile, Red returns to Pallet Town, where a surprisingly evil-looking Professor Oak, who's actually the psychic gym leader Sabrina in this sort of like weird illusory disguise battles him when she finally reveals herself she tells red that oak is actually kidnapped inside of rocket headquarters along with the entire town wild stuff (laughs) yes pretty they just kidnapped the entire town (laughs) it's interesting to see how like important pallet town actually is in the world of the manga Mm -hmm. because in the game it's just like yeah it's just pallet town but here and they go into it more la- later, but they're just like, yeah, Pallet Town is like the spiritual epicenter <laughs> of the Kanto region. Of Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. And in the game, it's like two houses and a lab. <laughs> yeah, that's the crazy thing. It's like there's like a whole, like it's a whole like town with like tons mm-hmm. of people. But even they show like a, like a wider shot of the town and there's still like, there's like four buildings there. Yeah. like where where are all these people I, to be to be fair in this series except for this one like huge cityscape in the beginning of this chapter mm-hmm. every town is just like three buildings good point yeah and then there's like 45 towns people like chasing after some pokemon <laughs> yeah yeah the evil professor oak is so cool looking in this chapter mm-hmm. yep I love when it uh, turns out that, like, it's the Kadabra or whatever, and he's like, grows the giant whiskers. That's pretty sick. Yeah. This kind of reminds me of that uh, sort of, like, hidden uh, Professor Oak boss battle that's inside of Red and Blue if you, like, hack, you, like, hack into the it. game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess this is what it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I like, too, at the, at the end of the volume, it shows this page that has, like, the Pokemon that's on red's teams and like their levels and their nicknames and stuff i do like the the idea of nicknaming the pokemon it's a shame we don't like actually see that used throughout but pikachu Mm -hmm. is level 21 ivasaur is level 38 so he should be a venusaur already polygraph is 40 snorlax 31 gyarados 29 and then aerodactyl 25 pikachu's his weakest pokemon (laughs) he's pikachu all the time Yeah, he's he's getting one-shotted by, like, most of the gym leaders in this game, unfortunately. Absolutely. And, like, yeah. one thing that is cool, because you see it on this page, but also, I think they show it a little bit later in this next volume, but there's this interesting idea of, like, anytime they open the uh, Pokedex, because there will be, like, maps or their mm-hmm. team or 
like just pictures of things it'll look exactly as it does in the game like i think in this next chapter there's an image where it shows that like it's sort of like a gps system where it shows that they're inside of a town and it looks like the overworld of the game Mm -hmm. so it kind of it kind of raises this interesting concept of like the game actually being what the characters in universe are seeing when they look at their pokedex Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, that's yeah, and I, I I do like how they incorporate it there. Like, yeah, there's the part in this chapter you just read that uh, it shows them like looking at the map or whatever, and it is exactly how you see the map, uh, like on your Game Boy Color. Yeah, it's it's this weird like meta universe. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. All right, Jude. Do you have any more uh, Volume Two notes? We're gonna hop into hop into Volume Three here. Yeah, let's let's keep it moving. All right. So, uh, Volume 3 starts with Chapter 28. Um, Red and Blue reluctantly team up to get into Saffron City uh, using Pikachu and Golduck to take down the Mr. Mime that has been uh, putting up the barrier. Um, yeah, the way they do this is like Pikachu is able to slip through the barrier using Substitute and Golduck is able to like locate where the Pokemon's at using like some psychic move. So, they sort of... Uh, yeah, using this like GPS kind of thing that's able to translate Golduck's <laughs> thoughts onto the <laughs> Pokedex, uh, they're able to f- to find the the Silf Company Tower. Yeah, this feels like a Jujutsu Kaisen chapter. I feel like this <laughs> happens multiple times in that series where there's like a force field around a city and they have to like create mm-hmm. energy clones or something like that to slip through. I also like th- this is the chapter that I was mentioning before where you like see the sort of Game Boy overhead view and then Green says like this isn't a video game. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there's all these all these real funny like meta references mm-hmm. that uh-huh. you love to see in this sort of manga series. Mm-hmm. In chapter 29, uh, Red and Blue, uh, they've entered the the building, but they're trapped by Lieutenant Surge and uh, Koga, respectively, in the Silk Company Tower. Uh, both are on the ropes and cannot access their Pokemon. Um, Blue is getting, like, suffocated by, uh, <laughs> by like, the muck here or whatever. <laughs> and then uh, Red's yeah. getting, like, shocked by all these, these Pokemon and Lieutenant Surge's, like, giant... Voltorb and Electrode like gun or something he's got. Yeah, Lieutenant Surge is the most like brutal character mm-hmm. in this entire series. And <laughs> there's like so many cool shots of him battling red. There's one where his like Electabuzz is jumping ten feet in the air, ready to like punch somebody. Mm-hmm. Um and I <laughs> I do think it's kind of hilarious that he's like no electric attacks can affect me because I'm wearing my <laughs> insulated underwear. <laughs> I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> I do like um, Koga's Golbat phone or like mm-hmm. spy camera, whatever whatever that's supposed to be. Yep. It's cool. I also love just Koga's entire, his entire getup. He's got like the, he's got this weird like hood thing that's, I guess that's supposed to be like a muck. He's got the, you know, the Golbat thing on his arm, and then his other arm, he has, like, a an Ekans, uh, just, yeah. like, wrap or something like that. <laughs> this dude's decked out in the poison Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, absolutely wild. Um, in Chapter 30, Green enters the building and gets into a battle with Sabrina. Red manages to turn the ties against Lieutenant Surge and beat him with the help of Ivysaur. Uh, Red then goes to where Blue is and sees him passed out and goes to to fight Koga. So now we've got Green into the into the mix as well, fighting fighting Sabrina. Yeah, this is a pretty cool battle as well, since Sabrina has like this Sylph scope equipped, and mm-hmm. there's all these like weird like when Sabrina uses her hypnosis and stuff, like weird Looney Tunes looking backdrops. <laughs> yes, yeah, some of these these backgrounds just look completely ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, pretty pretty fun battle. Not. <laughs> Not much really happens besides the battle continues, but mm-hmm. still a cool chapter. Yeah, that's how it was for I feel like a lot of these, uh, a lot of the chapters in this this volume. 
It's mostly like, yeah, you know, some Pokemon fight for like five or six pages and then someone wins. <laughs> I do like uh, Red taking Lieutenant Surge's gloves, which I feel mm-hmm. like, you know, like Ash Ketchum wears gloves in the anime. Yeah. So I thought that was, a, I wonder if like, does Red, I'm going to take a look. Does Red wear like gloves in the Pokemon concept art or is that something they sort of like add in Ooh, the I anime? Yeah, I'm not sure. Well, does he have them on in like any of the other uh, like volume? It looks covers? like he doesn't. Okay. Yeah, I think in like the in the concept art, he doesn't wear gloves. So I guess they added that in for the yeah. anime when mm-hmm. Ash wears them. That's funny. <laughs> um, in chapter 31, Blue, who was faking defeat, strikes back against Koga. Koga sends out Articuno, which almost freezes uh, Red and Blue until Charizard comes to the rescue to kind of thaw them and defeat Koga. Red rushes to help Green while Blue heads to the basement to free Professor Oak. Um cool like opening panel of this chapter where koga has redler's catcher by the muck muck is like yeah putting in work these uh these two volumes he's all over the place this reminds me of the beginning chapter in my hero academia where bakugo (laughs) is being strangled by a muck like villain (laughs) yep and also man koga is literally about to chop off blue's head Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, this is the only Pokemon media I've seen where they're really like, yeah, we're, we're going to kill you for losing this Pokemon <laughs> exactly. battle. Yeah, like, y- you will die. <laughs> yeah, even by, like, Shonen standards, this is pretty dark. Yeah, I don't think there's any places in Naruto where they're like, I'm going to chop your head off. <laughs> yeah, and they, like, have Pokemon, like, getting, uh, like exploded and you see their like innards it's mm-hmm. crazy yeah you see the, the meat and bone of the arbok in, in the first volume uh in chapter 32 green escapes from sabrina and runs into red the two find a d- this uh device that uses the seven uh gym badges to create a powerful pokemon red takes on sabrina who sends out all three of the legendary birds and green activates the device uh the good gym uh, the good gym leaders, so Brock, Misty, Erica, and uh, I guess it's just those three because Blaine's still kind of out of commission. Um, I'll yeah. come to uh, the scene to to help out Red and kind of keep the place under lockdown. Yeah, there's a okay. I don't know if your edition of the book had this because I don't remember it from the manga. That okay? Yeah, they cut it out in the new edition of the book but i'm mm-hmm. looking at this scanlation and there's a scene where like green has pokeballs like stuffed inside of her dress and they like explode like she's basically hiding them in her chest and then the pokemon the pokeballs open and a jigglypuff and clefairy pop out <laughs> wait <laughs> Yes, I'm serious. It's on the manga decks translation. I guess they cut this out for the English version. This is the this is insanely out of pocket. I'm only just now seeing this because I was reading the book version before. Mm-hmm. So is it because there's a panel here where Sabrina says like <laughs> just the cringest. I said lost my focus when she dissed me, and then Clefairy and Jigglypuff pop out, but. You just kind of see them, like, jumping on top of Sabrina. Yeah, there's one panel missing. Oh, that's (laughs) hilarious. (laughs) Yeah, that... (laughs) I've never seen anything like that in Pokemon. That's insane. That's hilarious. It's funny that they cut it out, too. Is it like a... Because it does look like there's some space in between those two panels. Is it supposed to just be, like, in between that and they just, like close the gap or is there like a full like huge panel of it yeah there's like it's just like one panel so gotcha. it's like they just kind of edited it and like enlarged some of the panels on that page <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> yeah it, it's it's really crazy you'll have to look at it later mm-hmm. that's funny no mine mine did not have that <laughs> um 
in chapter 33, uh, this machine, the image from the last chapter, turns out to fuse the three birds, and red, blue, and green all have to team up to face the uh, the combo Pokemon. Uh, Red's Ivasaur evolves into Venusaur, and they manage to take the victory as the Sylph Company building collapses. Professor Oak and all the townspeople are uh, saved. The uh, the Moltres, Articuno, Zapdos hybrid thing is uh, super unsettling to look at. <laughs> Yeah, I I remember like reading this years ago, and I totally forgot that that happened. Mm-hmm. It's once again another thing like only happens in this manga that is really crazy compared to like any of the other Pokemon media. Mm-hmm. And I do like uh, Clefairy or Clefable using the metronome attack. It looks really funny. Yep. Yeah, that's sick. Yeah, it's just like running around using Hyper Beam. It says. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, it's funny to see, like, attacks that are kind of, like, mid in the actual games Mm -hmm. being really overpowered in the manga. Yep. (laughs) Like, Metronome is, like, kind of cool, but I I don't think people really, like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Especially in this game. Yeah. Like, the originals. Mm -hmm. Well, and even in Gen 2, you get the, you get the, um, whatchamacallit, the uh, Togepi Egg. And all it knows at the start yeah. is metronome. And it's horrible. <laughs> it's like such a pain to grind it up. Uh, in chapter 34, Red heads off to Cerulean City to find a Pokemon that has leveled part of the region. There he finds a cave but is immediately attacked by a Pokemon. Luckily, he's saved by Blaine. Blaine reveals the attacker as Mewtwo, a Pokemon created using the cells of Mew as well as some of his own. Uh, during the experiment, some of the kind of backwash, I guess, from the the goo hit Blaine's arm and now he can detect where Mewtwo is, but eventually he'll be overtaken by the, uh, the Mewtwo cells. Blaine's arm in this chapter is disgusting. It's like, uh, looks like out of a Akira or whatever. Yeah. There's, um, a scene in, uh, Forgetting the name of the the Ghibli movie that's like the about like the oh, Princess Mononoke. Yeah, Princess Mon. Yeah, I don't know. I forgot that mm-hmm. the protagonist in Princess Mononoke has something similar happen too, where he has like a cursed arm, mm-hmm. and it looks really similar to this. Yep. Yeah, I mean, Blade? all those were probably a similar ish yeah. time, right? I don't know how old Akira is, yeah. but like, yeah. So maybe uh, gross, disgusting cursed arms were just a. Or just the, the thing in Japan back then, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Blaine looks really cool in this adaptation, too. Like, mm-hmm. he plays a really huge role in this series. And even though it's, like, the only sort of hinted at in the games, I appreciate all this, like, extra lore we get about him. Mm-hmm. Yep. And cool panel of Aerodactyl, like, uh, holding up all of red and his pokemon as they're like about to be sucked into this vortex uh yeah Aerodactyl just putting in work man it's holding up a gyarados a snorlax <laughs> venusaur polyrath like these are some big pokemon for real um in chapter 35 blaine explains to red that he was the reason that that red was the reason that he defected from team rocket uh blaine gets badly injured by the mewtwo but red is eventually able to catch it using the master ball blaine's mewtwo arm begins to fade as the mewtwo calms down um pretty cool way that he catches mewtwo also the the fun funny panel of pikachu like flying through the air and then like revealing he has the master ball in his mouth (laughs) it looks kind of goofy but (laughs) it's fun also like mewtwo just attacking with a giant spoon also yeah that was something like spoons are used so often in pokemon to like represent psychic powers Mm -hmm. yeah and i don't where's that come from like i guess there's the thing that like you know the the magic where you can like bend a spoon with your mind or whatever but i don't know where that like originates like why why spoons (laughs) yeah i think there was like some famous like psychic that Mm -hmm. did it around Mm -hmm. like the 90s that was like a big deal gotcha it was like yeah, Uri Geller was this like famous oh. like, real world psychic. And so I guess for some reason, this is like, it's like specific to Pokemon that like spoon bending is such a big deal. And I think mm-hmm. like other anime now kind of use it because of Pokemon. But yeah, yeah, it started with that guy. And he actually tried to sue Pokemon mm-hmm. yeah, when well, the original games came out for like stealing his likeness. 
Yeah, well, they it sort of worked because there hasn't been a Kadabra Pokemon card since like the second oh, set wow. or something like that. Until just recently, he kind of like dropped all the stuff, and so for the first time in like literally twenty years, there's a there's a Kadabra <laughs> card in one of the upcoming like Japanese Pokemon sets. Wow, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, so like, and there have been Abra and Alakazam cards, but it's either had to been like the Abra has an attack where it can just like automatically evolve into Alakazam or it has to be like, mm-hmm. you know, it's a special Alakazam that you can just play without having to evolve it first, stuff like that. Cause there literally has not, has not been a cadaver in 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, in chapter 36, red saves a kid who is attacked by a Dragonite in Viridian forest. Uh, he helps the kid catch a Rattata and takes him home there. He learns that all sorts of weird things have been happening to the Pokemon in the, uh, in the forest. And that the gym leader of the city has disappeared. Red goes to the abandoned gym, but finds the gym leader there, Giovanni. Um, yeah, this was a. It's kind of interesting. Like this takes this this like real weird tonal shift after that huge battle, as mm-hmm. if like nothing really happened. Yeah, I do like Giovanni's like statue or bust outside of the gym suddenly being destroyed. Uh huh. Looks yeah. really creepy. Yeah, and Red's looking at it, he's like, looks kind of familiar, but I'm not really sure. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the like, nameplate, it's funny how the nameplate is. I guess it's supposed to say, like, you know, Viridian Gym Leader Giovanni, but it only shows, like, yeah. the front of it, and it says NNI. Like, it, as if his name was, like, <laughs> his name is backwards or something on there. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> or I guess it's not even backwards. It would be, like... I-N-N if it was... <laughs> I don't know what they've done to it. Like, they could have just put Geo there. <laughs> well, that's like... The one I'm looking at now, which is like a, you know, fan scanlation, actually did change it to Geo. So, I guess they were like, you know, what's what's going on here? That's funny. But um, looking at the official one now, yeah, it is totally backward. I guess they were trying to make it more like true to the japanese right to left uh-huh. but yeah that's what i was that, thinking too but. it didn't work they, mm-hmm. they they didn't need to do all that yeah yeah it was it's pretty rough um in i also do like in this chapter it sort of sets up for our, our next arc that we're gonna get in the the following volumes yeah um, in chapter 37, Giovanni reveals that he's also the leader of Team Rocket. Uh, Giovanni proposes a battle where if Red wins, he'll be left alone, but if Red loses, he must join Team Rocket. Uh, Red agrees, but his Poliwhirl and Snorlax quickly fall to Nidoqueen and Golem. Uh, do you have any notes on this, or should I just hop into the, the remainder of this battle? Uh, yeah, you can just hop into the next one. Okay. In chapter 38... Um, Giovanni tells Red about his plan to like build an army of Pokemon, but he's cut down by Pikachu. The building collapses, and Red is saved uh, by the kid that he protected in the forest. All the townspeople have decided to go into the forest to calm the Pokemon down, and then Red races off to the Indigo Plateau. the The battle between Red and Giovanni is actually pretty pretty sick. Yeah, like I said before, I feel like there's a lot more like. It feels a lot more like an anime or manga fight than like a Pokemon fight because there's so mm-hmm. much just like, you know, like, oh, I'm going to break the rules or like use some sort of like weird strategy. Like here, Pikachu is like charging up inside of his Pokeball and just lets mm-hmm. off this huge like Kamahamaha type Thunderbolt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I also like the idea that because Giovanni uses a, a Beedrill and some other non-ground type Pokemon. I can't remember what it is exactly, but he mentions in there he's like, uh, I'm going to have to use my like specialty Pokemon. So I do like the idea that like the gym leaders only use one type because you yeah. know, those type of Pokemon are like similar or something like that. So it's like easier to kind of get good with them. I think that's like a cool yeah. sort of like canonical way to, or, you know, way to, to do that. Yeah. It's, it's also like in a, like a traditional anime, big bad battle where he's like, you know, this is my second form. Uh huh. Yep. <laughs> um in chapter 38 um well actually i've is this no that was chapter oh, it's, it's 39. Yeah, 39 but i do i have one more note on 38 there's a cool panel at the end where um they're at the indigo plateau and it shows the i can't remember what his trainer type was called but the guy with the magmar the like the jester looking guy 
Uh, yeah. He's hilarious. <laughs> this whole, um, speaking of, like, Dragon Ball, this whole, like, final mini arc here, especially this panel, reminds me of the, like, mm-hmm. Dragon Ball World Tournaments. Yep. There's a much more, like, explicit reference to the World Tournaments that happens later. Mm-hmm. But this whole scene of, like, all these, like, weird, exotic-looking people <laughs> and, like, Pokemon you haven't seen yet. Like, there's a Dragonair in the background. Mm-hmm, a Farfetch'd. It definitely reminds me of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, there's a Farfetch'd. And there's, like, a po- there's a Pikachu with a, a flower in its hair. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that, that panel's awesome. But, yeah, I just love, like, the... I, f- I forget what he's called, the... I don't think he's like Jester or Joker or something like that. Is but it just like a clown? Let me see. I don't remember. I want because they're in like the you find him like in the caves and stuff a lot, but I forget what the his like trainer type actually is. It might be like Fire Breather or something. <laughs> oh yeah, let me. I think that is it. Fire Breather. Yep. Yeah, that totally is it. You're right because he it? has the little like triangular hat. That that's is hilarious <laughs> that's funny <laughs> um in chapter 39 uh red blue green and a mysterious trainer dr o all cruise to the semifinals. there green is paired with dr o who is revealed to be professor oak he beats green using a spiro and uh targets her fear of flying type pokemon it's revealed that she's the one who stole the Squirtle, but Oak forgives her and gives her a Pokedex. He then quits the tournament, leaving Red and Blue as the championship match. Uh, really uh, just kind of like shitting on the spirit of the competition here, Dr. O. Just like beating <laughs> someone out of the tournament and then quitting and then being like, well, then the other person, like this other battle is the, is the winner. Just, I mean, that's just atrocious. You can't be doing that. Yeah. yeah and here we once again like i said before we've got this sort of like i feel like this is a dragon ball homage to mm-hmm. master roshi like yeah. showing up in the tournament as another dude with mm-hmm. like a sort of martial arts pro, like mma pro disguise on yep and um i do also like that once again the screens at the like tournament have the same graphics that you see in the pokemon game with like the hp bars Mm -hmm. and stuff like that yeah i do love how they refer to like the yeah like the hp and like the health bar and stuff uh you know sort of like they monitor their pokemon the same way you do when you're playing the game yeah i'm kind of sad though because i I would have really liked to have seen a battle between green or blue you know she she said Mm -hmm. she was one-shotting entire teams with a jigglypuff which is kind of crazy <laughs> yeah that's wild I don't know how she was doing that mm-hmm. this, this jigglypuff must be like level 100 well i mean yeah if red's still rocking the level 21 pikachu then yeah probably probably <laughs> is yeah exactly green green might be like the greatest trainer <laughs> in kanto region aside from professor oak mm-hmm. and also they mentioned that like every pokemon champion has come from pallet town like yeah. what what what's going on there yeah this town is is nuts yeah and it's also revealed that is that mentioned in the game that professor oak was a pokemon champion at one point i don't think so but i think maybe it was supposed to be with that like mm, that like secret um, battle thing yeah yeah that makes sense but yeah it's like Pallet Town must have like Pokemon training camps, like an AAU team. <laughs> like literally every Pokemon academies. champion has come from this town with like five houses in it. Mm-hmm. Like who who are all the other champions? Yeah, yeah. Where are these where are these other trainers at? Because do they have a do they have a championship every year? Like yeah, we need we need more lore surrounding the Pokemon tournaments because I feel mm-hmm. like we don't even get it in like the anime really. No, like what no. what's really going on here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we need just the show we up. need the Pokemon Slice of Life spinoff, but we also need the Pokemon Sports anime spinoff that just takes place at the like Pokemon League tournament. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. And then in our final chapter uh, for this week. Chapter 40, red and blue uh, battle with red being victorious thanks to a combo attack from his OG trio of Polyrath, Venusaur, and Pikachu. Um, fun battle here. I do like that they finally make uh, some reference to the fact that Venusaur is, like, weak to fire. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's like many times that Bill is like, you know, 
Yeah, you've got your grass Pokemon out there when like the entire manga up till now <laughs> it just doesn't matter at all. <laughs> so that was yeah. nice to see. Love this panel of Machamp and Snorlax kind of duking it out. That's pretty fun. I'm gonna be real, like looking at his team on the final pages of this volume, mm-hmm. it's kind of mid. Yeah, he's got a he's got a bad team comp there. He's got two uh two water type Pokemon, right? Yeah. Yeah, what are you doing? It's just horrible. Yeah, and like an unevolved Pikachu at level fifty one. This Aerodactyl at forty one, like come yeah, on. come yeah, what's it doing there? Yeah, Polyrath at sixty one. <laughs> Alright. But I do wish yeah, they the, had the Aerodactyl is basically just an empty slot at this point. Like that's gonna be the one you use when you're like sort of down to one Pokemon and cycling others out with your full restore. You just like yep. let the Aerodactyl take a couple of hits while you heal your <laughs> other Pokemon. Exactly, yeah. You send the Aerodactyl out to get one shot while you use Revive on your Polyrath. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, he needs something that knows Fly, so that that's why he has yeah. the Aerodactyl. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's bringing his HM slave out for yeah. the final <laughs> tournament. His Aerodactyl knows Fly, Cut, and, like, you know, Rock Smash or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, Jude, do you have any other notes for these two volumes? Or do we want to move over into our, our What Went Wells? Yeah, let's, let's do it. Um, my first one is... They sort of got creative with the story in the first volume, mm-hmm. but in two and three, they get extremely creative with it. <laughs> like, yeah, totally, totally like diverging from the original plot. We've got like villains that aren't really villains in the original series, extra backstory. Um, really cool, really creative, and really dark, too. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Yep. Uh, my first one well is I mentioned it earlier in the episode, but I like just all the kind of weird Pokemon that get like get the spotlight throughout, like you know Jigglypuff, Clefable, um, you know obviously Polyrath the whole time. Like that's a weird Pokemon to to be like yeah. one of the one of the mains. You know, uh, Professor Oak wins with a Spearow. Like that's pretty sick. <laughs> just a lot of cool Pokemon. You know, even Muck. Like you know, like we said, Muck is just going ham throughout this whole these whole two volumes. Like that's not like a you know a main Pokemon. So uh, mm-hmm. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, and uh, I think my other one is that like all of these, I feel like blue or yeah, blue and red are kind of just like you know stock characters, but. These other sort of like main cast members they add are a lot more like three dimensional as characters and bring a lot more excitement to the series. And I think uh, Green especially is like a great addition mm-hmm. to the roster of characters. Yeah. Um, my second one will is just going to be the the pacing in general. I love how quickly we just kind of move through this, like. This is not yeah. a series that needed to be like, you know, super fleshed out, super detailed. Like, I love that it's just sort of like, you know, one chapter is like, we'll set up this little, you know, mini arc and the next next chapter we'll do the fight and we'll finish it up and then we'll start again. <laughs> you know, I love that they just kind of like <laughs> keep it moving, just keep churning through it. And it seems like I could be wrong, but I imagine that's the pacing it keeps up for the rest of it because I think every kind of generation is only like five to ten volumes so they it has to move at you know kind of the similar similar pace which yeah i i i I like that a lot you know it doesn't there is the chance that it could get like way too in the weeds and they don't yeah and that's also yeah like you said i think it's also kind of just like by um by uh like they're required to move it so fast mm-hmm. so yeah. I, i'm glad they only have such like a limited time mm-hmm. yeah definitely um all right Jill, let's head over into our our gripes what do you have um i think my first one and like i honestly loved this series so it's like difficult to mm-hmm. even think of one <laughs> but i almost feel like i wish the tournament arc was a little bit longer yeah because that's the first time we see like a legit battle and it goes by pretty quickly mm-hmm. and would have been cool to see like a, a match between green that wasn't like totally BS. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I have a similar sort of gripe, which is just there aren't any really, like, traditional, like, Pokemon battles. Like, we have one gym battle, really. The whole, I guess his battle against Giovanni, but even that is still sort of, like, there's some other stuff that goes on. Like, you know, I wish we, we did get a few, like, trainers, you know, kind of sitting down to fight each other sort of deal. Um, I think that that would have been cool. Since, since it is, like, this series is so much kind of a love letter to how it feels playing the games but Mm -hmm. the main part of the game where it's just like you fighting another trainer is completely ignored throughout the entire manga yeah and i'll kind of build off that for my second one Mm -hmm. um i do wish that red like used more pokemon because he's got this like main team yeah which i guess is kind of like the game Mm -hmm. but he doesn't really use a whole lot of pokemon he catches some and then like never sends them out again Mm -hmm. i guess that's realistic but yeah it would have been cooler to like see a greater diversity of pokemon Mm -hmm. yeah or like show him like trying to train up some some weaker pokemon yeah um my last gripe like you said it's kind of hard uh it's just I don't think that like Team Rocket is all that interesting as a as a villain. <laughs> That's like, true. I, I sort of give them uh you know a pass through this because like you can only do so much. Like you couldn't just introduce some other random villain. But Team Rocket's pretty weak. It's a pretty it's not like you know the most engaging villain. There's just like they're evil. Like I don't even really know what Giovanni's grand plan is. He just wanted to make strong Pokemon. That kind of seems yeah. like that's what everyone else is trying to do too. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I I think Team Rocket's a little a little weak. Um, and, all right, Jude, um, who's yeah. your uh, your Pokemon or trainer of the of the week? Um, mine's got to be a uh, Green. Honestly, like <laughs> great character. I will basically uh, adds a lot more like intrigue to the main cast. Um, up until like the end, her motivations are like kind of up in the air as to whether she's a like good or bad character. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she's really fun. Yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, Pikachu during mine because Pikachu just kind of puts in work throughout the entire thing. <laughs> I feel like there were many chapters where it was like, and then they were defeated by Red and his Pikachu. <laughs> so gotta go with Pikachu, <laughs> and I love love Pikachu's attitude throughout. He's drawn just really cool. All the attacks are fun. Um, so you know, this the manga depiction of Pikachu I think way better than the than the anime one yeah so he he gets he gets the dub this week for for that and uh all right who are we putting in a poke jail who's going with who's going with officer jenny (laughs) um i'm gonna be real i'm gonna give it to i'm gonna give it to oak this time (laughs) he really like not only does he allow himself to like get defeated by sabrina and kidnapped but the only like right after he appears, he just like ruins the Pokemon League tournament for everyone involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What about all and those poor like, people he's... that he beat along the way that never had a chance to like try in the next round? Yeah, and then like afterward, he's like, you know, stealing was wrong. I came here to tell you that, but I'm still gonna let you keep the Squirtle. Yeah, it's like you couldn't have just like <laughs> met up with her before the tournament and been like, hey, mm-hmm. I want my Squirtle back. <laughs> exactly also it does make me think you know we were saying like where are all these champions if professor oak is well i guess he wasn't entering as professor oak but if you're allowed to enter twice maybe professor oak has just won like 30 times and that's why all the champions are yeah. from the same town <laughs> that's like, true professor oak and red's dad or something are the only people <laughs> um this week i'm going to send um, I think I'm gonna send Blue with with Officer Jenny. He's kind of annoying throughout the whole thing. He doesn't really like. At the end, he sort of like, you know, has a change in attitude, I guess. But it's still pretty lazy, pretty weak. Um, so yeah, I'm just gonna go with with Blue. I don't find him like particularly interesting. Uh, he's better than mm-hmm. Gary Oak from the anime, but that's not really saying a whole lot. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, that'll do it for Pokemon this week, unless you have any more uh, notes, Jude, or do we want to hop into some, some last-minute recommendations before we head out? Uh, yeah, I guess in 
I don't really have too many recommendations. I will say I'm very excited for this uh, upcoming arc. This mm-hmm. one, I never really read the red and blue manga as a kid, but I did read the yellow one and really okay. enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of just realizing now looking back that the girl that uh, red helped capture the Rattata yeah. at the end of this is actually yellow, mm-hmm. which yep. is cool. Yeah um let's see my recommendation this week i've been playing a decent amount of uh, yakuza zero so i've probably recommended i think i've recommended yakuza kiwami before um so i'm gonna go ahead and recommend yakuza zero it's really good you get to play as uh two characters um in sort of two different locales and both of the stories at this point like the yakuza stories i don't think are like anything super amazing but they're pretty good, but these the the ones going on Yakuza Zero, I'm like actually interested in. Like it it switches you from uh you do like two chapters as one protagonist and two chapters as another and it sort of flips back and forth like that. And after the mm-hmm. last time, like right before I had the switch protagonist, I'm like, I really want to continue that story. So now I'm trying to like blaze through this one and even that story is getting good again. So I feel like it's gonna be this thing where I'm going to constantly flip to the other character and be like, well, I want to know what happens with that story <laughs> first. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's real good. I just unlocked, there's this real estate kind of side story mini game that you get that is like super in depth. I think you could have made like an entire kind of mini, you know, like $20 game on just the, the real estate mini game that you get. Um, so yeah, that's my, my recommendation. If you got, got a PlayStation or a, a PC, check out those, check out those Yakuza's. I will say I made I may check this out this week if I got time and feel like it. But there's another Pokemon uh, manga that sort of came out around the same time as the Pokemon Adventures one, which is called like Pokemon Pocket Monsters. Hmm. And this one's more of like a gag series in the vein of uh, like the Kirby manga okay. and Mario manga mania. Mm-hmm. So I may check this one out. I'm looking at it right now. And it looks kind of insane <laughs> maybe that's the, the slice of life like pokemon disgusting that looking <laughs> <laughs> they make the pokemon look scary which is interesting hmm. i mean they are monsters so yeah, yeah they really they do look like monsters in this <laughs> that's funny all right well that'll do it for us this week uh we'll have our next shonen jump episode on sunday and then we'll have volumes uh four and five on uh the the uh, middle of the week next week so yeah thanks for listening hit us with the uh the reviews on spotify apple or wherever <laughs>